Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hi, thanks so much for joining us today. We've got a really interesting show. We're going to be discussing how corporate corporate wellness programs are attracting more talent than even leadership training programs, right? And then we're also going to talk about how you can start optimizing your health and how to handle workplace stress. So today is all about wellness. So stay with us, and we'll be right back after this short break. Hey everyone, Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we are so lucky to have a returning guest here, and um, I've been talking about this for a while. Um, so let me just cut to the chase and introduce our next guest is an internationally acclaimed author and motivational speaker, um, but I'm going to give my own accolades, okay? Um, our next guest is taking the wellness approach right into the workplace, a true warrior, okay? And we're going to talk all about it, and I would love to introduce our next guest returning to the show. Thank you so much. Jaya Jaya Myra, are you with us? I am here. It's great to be here. Um, you know, Myra, we single you out because um, you're leading the way you've taken wellness into the stratosphere to another level. And um, I believe that if everybody subscribes to your message, um, I think the whole world can change. The economy can change, right? We can just, <laughs> right. it's endless. So, so welcome back. We're glad to have you. Um, we're talking today about wellness training and um, I know you had stopped us in our tracks a while back and said that um, you're finding that the younger workforce, like the millennials, that's they're younger, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they are. They they look for wellness training more so than leadership training, which is really cool. So. Well, I think it's really cool because in the past, it's always been all about leadership training. And I know you still hear a lot about that. But to think that the younger generation is now going for wellness training over leadership training, I think that's amazing. Yeah. So definitely. And I think it's just showing really where the trends in the industry is going nowadays. Uh, Millennials expect wellness solutions from their employers. And for an employer to stay competitive in today's workplace they need to offer wellness initiatives and trainings and things that are going to help people to stay more productive and keep their energy up. 
And why do you think that is? Why do you think that they want wellness over leadership or anything else? There's been a lot of study that's done on this and statistics that are out there that show while, say, Gen Xers and olders will consider uh, luxury products to be their status symbol of choice, millennials consider wellness to be their status symbol of choice. And I think that that's because of the sort of households that millennials and Gen Z grew up in. Like They just have this need to be well and to facilitate well-being, maybe because their parents were putting so much of an emphasis on work and career that they didn't stay well themselves. Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. So when you look at a corporate wellness program, what all does that entail? Is it is it just um, is it exercise? Is it diet? Is it all of that? How do those work? A lot of companies will have wellness initiatives that they offer to their employees. Maybe it's going to yoga classes or having a gym membership or something like that. But I have found when you can facilitate a wellness training to teach people how to uh, better come into mind-body-spirit balance, that it's actually going to help people be much more successful in the long run. Like if you teach people certain mindfulness strategies, for example, you can help people to communicate more clearly. You can help them to facilitate greater productivity and teamwork with their colleagues. Uh, you can boost their energies. You can teach them how to keep their stress lower and how to manage those day-to-day problems that come up in a much more effective way. You know, and I think that's really cool because in the past it's always been like, you know, I don't know what you think, Charlie, but I just think that in the past it was almost like when we were in corporate that it was all about keeping our stress levels high because they mm-hmm. felt that that was, that was more productive. <laughs> yep. High right? energy. Yeah, high energy, high stress, high. We got to get this done now. Um, let me just share your website quick, uh, Myra, Jaya, jayamyra.com. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to check that out because Maya is a teammate and she's leading the way with this uh, workplace improvement revolution. I look at this, Myra, as hope because the millennials get it because they know if they – participate in a wellness program, they're going to be smarter. They're going to think clearer, just like you said, and uh, they'll be more productive. And, you know, it's almost going to be, um, I don't know, a prerequisite to people managing, I would think, or management in general. Absolutely. I think that all managers in particular should go through a tangible wellness training so that they know how to, one, better interact with themselves and the job and how to better manage their employees in a way that facilitates wellness. You know, when you first went into the corporate arena with this, I mean, do you did you then and do you now still get a lot of pushback? I could see like the older people like us really pushing back on it. Like, no, I was stressed and I'm going to stress these kids out. You know, got to be tough, got to work <laughs> gotta hard. Be tough. Yeah. Put your nose to the grindstone. Those sorts of environments, I have not had the luxury of doing consulting in, (laughs) uh, honestly. And I I think that's because those sorts of companies don't really attract the younger talent that are making this change already in the workplace with wanting healthier snacks and foods and better options or the ability to work remotely. When you find 
corporations and companies that already have some of the stuff established, it makes a lot more sense to them. But I have found that it is more effective to pitch this as a combined wellness and leadership training program to show that this is going to give you all of those same leadership skills that you're looking for, but this is how you can do it in a mindful and productive way that's going to facilitate greater uh, mental and emotional health and keep you more physically healthy so you're not taking those sick days all the time. Uh, I was That is so right. Corporate has a tendency to metric everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what... What they miss here, and I've been in corporations with programs, and one of them was a gym membership. And, you know, to Eva's point, we had, you know, tough guy after tough guy. Oh, you can only press 220, you know. (laughs) And then in another uh, corporation, they had um, weight loss um, games, and whoever loses the most got a prize. And... You know, I didn't really think much about it, but listening now to you, this is a big miss, right? Because we need to respect the wellness program and we need to track it and apply metrics. You know, how much productivity are we gaining? How much are we on track with most of our more projects now than in the past? You know, we need to these guys, corporate leadership has to start tracking the value corporate wellness brings to the table. Absolutely. And how much that it's actually engaging the employees. And as opposed to gauging like a specific tangible result, like, oh, how much weight were you able to lose? Or did you make these changes in your diet? Like, I don't believe in, in one size fits all products or approaches, but in doing customized things where each employee could say take an assessment and show how they're becoming more productive, what they have been able to accomplish out of adapting these different solutions to their life. Because that's the thing nowadays is that everyone is completely different. People are rejecting this idea of societal norms, that there's only one way to be or one way to go about things. And people are doing things their own way, and they want Mm -hmm. solutions that are going to facilitate this mind, body, and spirit balance that works for them, not what someone things that they need to prescribe to them. So when you can make the solutions be very unique for these individual people to all feel like they're being nurtured, then you will definitely change a corporate culture. Jeez, Myra, you own this. Um, <laughs> you know, I love it because, you know, the the tough guy bully that's powerlifting um, needs to be on the same level, you know, in in a in a team right, with others that may not be. So everybody should be treated equally, but um, each person has a different program for themselves. I agree with that 100%. You know, we're doing something now with HR, with onboarding practices for um, IT security. I think a wellness program should be in the um, onboarding practices of every company as well. I think that would be a perfect place for it. Well, actually, I was I was just going to ask you, um, have you been working with any, like, big firms that have a lot of developers? Because I would think that, I mean, I saw it when we were in our t- IT ourselves, you know, you're behind that computer all day, all day, and into the night. And I think that wellness around that with all these new companies 
you know, out there now. And you, the first one that comes to mind is like Facebook or Google or Twitter or any of those, right? Um, that they could really use it. Are, are you seeing that those are the types of companies that are using it? Not as of yet, but I completely agree with you. I have a strong background in tech and mm-hmm. I've worked with so many developers and you're right. Like the, these people will just sit behind their computers for hours and hours on end. And that is definitely not good for maintaining balance or overall wellness. So right. it, it would be nice if we would see more companies start to adopt this in, in general and encourage people to get up, try something different, make sure you're moving around drinking adequate water and put actual incentives in for people to facilitate their wellness. The one thing that I have seen that companies are doing is they try to offer incentives, say, we'll give you a pass to go to this yoga studio if you want to do classes, right? Mm-hmm. But usually usually what happens is if people want to do something like yoga or they want to go work out, they usually have their own places that they want to go to to do these things. So it's actually, right. it's not helping the solution. Like the employees don't often feel like the perks that are being provided are being useful for them. So one of the things that I do when I consult with companies is help them to come up with a solution or incentives that can be customized to the individual, whether it's an individual wellness stipend that people get quarterly, that they can use it in any way that they see fit or uh, something that's added onto a bonus structure for the employees if they're performing extra well, like something that's actually going to incentivize them to work harder and to stay fit and to keep better balance. Jeez. Yeah, that's great because I do really like that idea of customization because you're right. I mean, if I have my yoga studio that I want to go to, then that's where I want to go because I'm already comfortable there. I'm decompressing there. Absolutely. Um, You know, I'm wondering, have you found at all that people talk wellness, but and they'll bring you in to do the consulting, but yet they don't necessarily foster that environment to let that happen? Or when they bring you in, you're finding that they are all in and they are making it happen? No, everyone is definitely not all in and things. And and you definitely see that when it, it comes to changing actually making tangible changes in the day-to-day work culture and what a a management or office manager is able to provide their employees with, whether it is, say, food or snacks in the workplace or these other customized incentives. I I think that the people who are either the founders of the company or the senior, senior management all needs to be really on board or you don't see a lot of these highly productive changes happen. Like if it doesn't start from the top down, it's very difficult to implement it in a way that's going to be beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I can see that. That's pretty much any change within an organization. It always has to come from the top down. Otherwise, it just doesn't go anywhere. We never really get it. I mean, even with something like this, wellness, you know, what exactly does that mean? We, I think the miss is maybe people focus on um, strength and weight. And mm. um, this is you know, way, way, way more than that, right? Right. It's the whole body, mind, spirit approach. Like she said originally, it's it's about not just well, because you can't just be well in your body. So it has to be all three of those. And so when, when you go into an organization, uh, I know that you were talking about it was really customized, but are you looking at like you go in 
weekly and work with the employees or how long does it typically take for you to start getting assimilated within an organization or do you just come up with like different things that they can do for their employees and kind of leave it at that it, or it just depends on the organization? I'm just wondering how that looks, how a, how a wellness program looks. So I normally structure it as uh, a training that's going to be about like half a day or a full day training plus a secondary training with the management team Mm -hmm. and then going in and doing consulting with individuals in the management team and other key players in the company that management really feels is going to benefit from this sort of wellness consulting Mm -hmm. and like consult with them like on a weekly or every other week basis. And that's like where we can really get into the customized and personalized things. Like if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I get really stressed out when we, we get busy and part of what that stress makes me do is get angry at my coworkers and I lash out at people, then I can give them specific things to do like mindfulness techniques or changes in their diet that are going to help to reduce that tendency towards anger and those flare-ups so that they can actually make a change in their behavior through doing very, very small things. It's not so much just thinking about it and becoming aware. It's like, hey, if I actually change this piece of my diet or work on this breathing technique, which is going to help uh, this anger to diffuse more easily, it's going to make a tangible difference really quickly. Jeez. And, you know, um, the only thing that matters in the workplace is results. <laughs> and what your program will do will help improve results, right? So that is the message, you know, you're not – companies aren't doing a wellness program just to be nice, right? Right. Yeah, that's a, true. <laughs> it's a win-win, you know? And um, it's an investment, and, and um, you know, I I think this really got a hold of me because I think it's it's such a, a movement that needs to, you know, be uh, supported. Well, and what I what I was thinking about was so if you can get into the upper layers of the organization and you can put in place a corporate wellness program, so then the young people like the millennials, when they go into upper management, that's already going to be a part of their culture. Yeah, right, that's exactly. already part of their thinking. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be within that same organization. They're already going to be thinking along those lines. And when they talk to their peers, they're going to be thinking along those lines. Yep. And so, and Myra, you scour the uh, industry for statistics, I mean, to come up with this stuff. Um, and that has to really go a long way, I would think, in the corporate world because that's what they look at, right? Oh, absolutely. They, they like seeing the statistics on what people are consuming, where different generations are spending their money, and how productive things like uh, mindfulness and dietary changes and physical fitness really are to people. It, it's hugely, hugely important. And I think a lot of that is because I started my career as a scientist, so I'm very into data and analytics, and I want to be able to show definitively that people are getting a huge return on their investment. I was just going to say, um, I know you have a background in science. can't imagine what that is, but it sounds complicated. And that's why you kind of go over and above what you normally would hear in the industry. And, um, I mean, we're lucky, right? I mean, you, you seem to be doing it all. I want to ask a quick question. So I know you have a book out, 
um, and uh, people go to the website jayajayamira.com. But is it true that it's uh, available in 10 different languages? Yes, that is true. That is, I've never, I've never, we've been doing this show for six, seven years now. This is the first time, you know, just in case you need it in your language, I'll provide it for you. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, and just in case we're not speaking the same language, right. here, let me, let me get this for you. Um, <laughs> no, this is terrific. And, and I love that you're going into the corporations and trying to change cultures because it is so important. The next generation cannot turn into us, <laughs> Charlie, right. and I'm talking about Charlie, and right. I, right? It is. It does have to be about wellness because we're going to be working longer, and it would be great to work longer, loving it and feeling great. Absolutely. Um, you know, Myra, you're very um, talented and complicated, and you're doing great, <laughs> and you're doing great things, and you know, we want to be your teammates because we want to help any which way we can. Um, and um, this is a great thing that you're doing. I agree with it 100%. Um, and we would love to keep bringing you on so that we can, you know, get smarter and smarter. Why, uh, thank you. It's always great to be here with you guys. Yep, excellent. So once again, Jaya Jaya Myra, bringing workplace wellness to the forefront. Right, and the website is jayajayamyra.com. That's J-A-Y-A, J-A-Y-A, M-Y-R-A. So thank you so much. Yeah, take care, Myra. Till next time. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay. You too. And uh, fantastic segment, and we'll be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our topic today is corporate wellness. And I am excited to introduce our next guest because we haven't spoken with her in a while, and I am excited to talk to her. So because we're going to be talking about how health is an inside job. Mm -hmm. And our next guest, guest, I can't talk today, is Joyce Gerber. She's a holistic health practitioner, educator, consultant, and creative artist. And her list of qualifications reads like Captain Kirk's resume when he was at the Intergalactic Tribunal. Oh, Remember man. they had to finally like cut him off because it was just going on and on and on. Right? Can we move on to take a time? <laughs> but I'm just going to go through just a couple of her qualifications. She is trained in advanced clinical nutrition. She is has had an herbal apprenticeship with Susan Weed in Woodstock, New York. Nice. She has been at a fasting retreat and training seminar. She has um, gone through living foods education training. She has a certification in nutrition in, I, I think I am saying this right, hydrology. I, I know that's about the eyes. And she's also certified in NLP. So, Joyce, welcome. We're so excited to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's great to talk to you. So, you know, you know, we're talking about corporate wellness today and your thing is optimal health. So, you know, when we talk about optimal health, what is that exactly? And 
where do we even start figuring out how to get optimal health? Okay. So I, I also just want to uh, say that my, my main uh, certifications that I use in my work all the time is as a colon hydrotherapist and um, certified as a nutritional consultant. My focus is detoxification and uh, nutritional replenishment. So when we're talking about optimal health, you know, when you are living a life where you are symptom-free, where you wake up with energy, you fall asleep easily, there's no aches and pains, you have energy to do what you need to do. It's kind of like when you're in a room and the air is perfect temperature, you don't notice. You only notice when it's too cold or too hot. Mm. And when I talk about, you know, I call my work and my company Health is an Inside Job. And what that really means is we're like, Farmers, And so when a farmer is planting seeds, he or she needs to make sure that the soil is fertile, that there's no weeds, that there's enough sun, rocks are removed, that there's enough water. And in our bodies, there is elements we need all the time. And if those elements are not there, that's when disease and deterioration start to occur. So the two main areas I focus on are detoxification and cleansing, which is removing poisons from the body. Because when, when we're living with backed up sewage, you know, we cannot get well. That is where disease starts. When we are nutritionally deficient and not putting the right nutrients in our bodies, that is the other 50% of contributing to poor health. So those are the two main things I focus on. Uh, so I want to... Just shout your website out real quick, Joyce, um, and that would be JoyceGerber.com, J-O-Y-C-E. No, 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 my website is HealthIsAnInsideJob.com. Well, there you Health go. Even easier. InsideJob.com. <laughs> and so when you're looking at, so colon hydrotherapy is, you know, something that's done in the office and we're using water to clean out the large intestine known as the colon and that's our sewage system. But I work with people all over, so, you know, obviously that's not something I'm doing. But in terms of the nutritional aspects, there are certain principles that, that really have to be addressed to get healthy, stay healthy, and reverse disease. We need to have a bloodstream that is more alkaline than acid. I don't know if you remember from high school chemistry, you know, we, the chart would be on the wall, and there were certain elements that were acid and others that were base or alkaline. After digestion, when you eat a food, it either becomes acid or alkaline. And when we are not slightly alkaline, that's where disease starts. If our bloodstream is not the chemistry it needs to be, that's where viruses, germs, bacteria, cancer cells can grow and thrive and flourish. So, so Joyce, let me ask you, do you do you monitor yours, your alkaline on a regular basis? Is that part of your daily ritual just to keep track? Well, I know that by eating certain foods in a, in a majority of the time, the bloodstream is alkaline and when we're when we're not, we start experiencing inflammation. We start experiencing all of the disease symptoms. So in my work with people, you know, we have the four major food groups that were created a long time ago that are really incorrect. We've got the 
the usual food pyramid has been uh, bread and cereal, meat, mm-hmm. dairy, and fruits and vegetables. But the correct healthy food pyramid, so to speak, is fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans, seeds, and nuts. Those those are kind of the four main categories. And so hold on, when you say when you say the food pyramid, are you starting? With a pointy top and working down, in other words, certain of what you mentioned should be consumed more than others, or just in general, those four? Those four. Well, the produce is the most important. The foods that are alkalizing are the fruits, the vegetables, their first squeezed juices, sprouts. And then there's a system of superfoods. So superfoods is where you take, let's say, herbs and different vegetables, and you cold process them with something we really need for good health is enzymes. Enzymes are in any food that's alive. As soon as you heat food or cook it, the enzymes are destroyed. So there are methods of taking, you know, a lot of different vegetables and uh, herbs and cold processing them, putting them in a canister where you have a powder. And you can have so many more of those than you can have on a plate. When we're out of balance, we need therapeutic amounts of the minerals. And so many minerals are deficient now in our soil. So having organic is very important. So if we're taking in on a regular basis organic superfoods, where we're taking therapeutic amounts of the green foods, the vegetables, the sprouts that we couldn't possibly get on a plate of food. That's where healing starts. Mm. Um, and, and, and so the enzymes are in those because they're alive, nothing's been cooked. The, the alkalinity is there because the alkalinity comes from mostly the vegetables, the fruits, sprouts, fresh squeezed juices. And those are the medicines that bring us back from deterioration when we're sick. So, Joyce, you're taking us to school here, which is incredible. Um, And, you know, these things, I guess some of us either take for granted or make believe we take for granted. But um, what I'm hearing today is a little different, right? And what I'm hearing is, you know, the raw foods um, you want to maybe if, they're enzyme-rich, grind to a powder so you could have higher quantities of it as you re-alkaline your body correctly. Um, but and you don't have to do that yourself. That, that's the beautiful thing. I know, like, this is a corporate program, and people are so busy. And that's why, in the past, I used to put people on juice fast. And so people would have to go out and get all kinds of organic fruits and vegetables and spend half their time in the kitchen at a juicer. But there are ways now to meet people where they live, busy people in corporations. And that's where the system of superfoods, they're, they're prepared foods that you just, like I have it every day in my smoothie. Mm-hmm. And it's a way, it's a way to just add the high alkaline, high enzyme, mineral rich foods. And instead of waging war on cancer cells, and instead of waging war on the different um, degenerative diseases that are so prevalent right now, arthritis, um, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, we have so many diseases, and we're so caught up in diagnosing them 
and examining them under the microscope, and we've got a pillar, a surgical procedure for all of that. In my work over, I've been in practice, private practice since 1982, hmm. and what I've discovered is when you give the body the nutrients it needs, and it doesn't just come from plates of food. We have to do, when we get really out of balance and the pendulum is on one side of the, you know, one side, we have to sometimes go to the other side and really get therapeutic in terms of the amounts of nutrients. And we have to get very strong in getting the poisons out of the body. And again, you do that with the right nutrients. Digestion takes more energy than any other body function. When you lighten or eliminate the need to digest, your body has all its energy to eat up, dissolve, and eliminate what is toxic and can heal itself. And people who are busy can do that now, just going about their lives, because there's such easy ways to do that now. And that's what I specialize in, and that's what I love to offer people. You know, again, you're taking us to school, but you have such a hopeful approach, which is hopeful. <laughs> well, and when you talk about, because I think when people hear this, they start to get um, a little concerned because it might feel like it's too hard. And I know that you're saying that there are all these ways that people that are, you know, working in corporate can do this. Like you said, you put superfoods in your smoothies. So can you give us an example of what's an easy way to start moving in the right direction? Sure. So I I basically work with a system of superfoods, and, you know, you, you can use them. And there are different programs. There are 10-day programs. There are 40-day programs where you're eating healthy foods, as well as using these superfoods. So, you, you know, you wake up and you might just put this delicious apple raspberry tasting powder in your shaker cup and drink it, and that, that might be the first thing you put in your body. Mm. There are, mm. there are um, amino, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. A lot of people are heavily reliant on just the animal proteins. The problem with the animal proteins is they're very acid-forming to the blood. And as I talked about before, with acid-alkyl imbalance, when the blood is acid, that is when a lot of the diseases and the pain and the inflammation occur. So for a short period of time, just like we do tune-ups and overhauls for our cars, we can do this tune-up and overhaul for our body. So for a period of time, perhaps you're not eating the traditional animal foods you might have for, you know, at lunch or dinner. And instead, there are other wonderful ways of getting protein into your body. So during this time of cleansing and detoxifying your body, you're still getting protein. Your muscles are getting fed. You're having... Um, shakes, let's say three times a day, that tastes great. You're having fruits and vegetables, perhaps just for the first 10 days. And then if you're doing a 40-day program, because the idea is to really create a new lifestyle, a new way of life. The definition of insanity is taking the same action, expecting different results. <laughs> so if after 10 days of kind of doing your strong... So your point, over is your point um, in the beginning to... Um, sway that pendulum back and then exactly. eventually find that balance. Exactly. So 
for the first 10 days, you're really using food as medicine. You're giving your body a rest so it's not working hard digesting the heavier foods you usually have. It's called nutrient dense. These superfoods are full of nutrients, but your body hardly has to use energy to digest. So you're feeling energy for those 10 days. You're not craving. You're not hungry. You are retraining your taste buds because if poisons and chemicals are leaving your body, a lot of cravings disappear. And then over the next 30 days after those 10 days, you're adding, you know, a bigger variety of different fruits, vegetables, proteins, um, healthy carbohydrates um, from a particular um, assortment of, of, of choices. And then so little by little, we're leading you back out into a bigger variety. And then I'm teaching you a lifestyle that periodically, just like periodically you change your oil and your filters, periodically Mm -hmm. there will be times where you cleanse. And then there will be other periods where you're just eating a daily healthy um, assortment of foods. And we're creating a healthy lifestyle. And and it's also very important that food be um, fun. Health be fun, simple, and delicious. So I actually take people either live or virtually on a guided tour through the health food store. And I, t- and I hold you by the hand, virtually or really, and I take you through every health uh, shelf of the health food store and give you alternatives that are healthier than what you're choosing now but are delicious. So the whole idea is to not feel deprived or overwhelmed. It's really simple. That's great. And you know, I have a I have a question for you, Joyce. Are you vegan then? I'm or? not uh, I'm not totally vegan. I I had I stopped eating chicken, turkey, beef, lamb, pork um probably around 1972 or 3. So I'm what I'm what's called a pescatarian. So I eat small amounts mm. of wild-caught fish. Um the majority of my diet is um organic fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, seeds, nuts. I use the superfoods. I have I, sometimes I'll have fresh squeezed juice. Um, there are healthy desserts, so you're not totally deprived. There's healthy fats and oils, and a lot wow. of this is logistics. So you know, one of the things I love to do with people is just teach them the logistics of healthy eating. When you're learning a dance, you feel awkward and clumsy, and it's very hard to get into the spirit of the dance while you're trying to learn the steps. But once yep. you learn how to just put together a healthy kitchen, what to choose, what to, how to put together healthy meals, where to shop, what to buy, it's, it's mm-hmm. like you learn the dance, and then like it's just a natural way of life. Um, Joyce, this is unbelievable. Like I said earlier, you took us to school today. So um, if I wanted a program, mm-hmm. I would go to healthisaninsidejob.com and we would, I guess, communicate a little bit and you would give me some suggestions on the type of plan that would work best for me? Well, what I, what's best is, in fact, everybody who's listening who wants to connect with me, um, I'm offering a 20-minute free consultation. And in our time together, It'll get very clear to me what's going on with you, and I could make a suggestion of the best way to get started. Excellent, and, and we so- will we will share that um, as well throughout the week. Um, we need more time, Joyce, so <laughs> we will have to have you back because um, we need another lesson. Um, what you shared with <laughs> us was just unbelievably detailed. It was. It was um, great. But yeah, we love the way you explain it, and uh, we just. Can't say thank you enough. So thank you so much. 
and uh, we would love to have you back soon. Thank you, Joyce. Excellent. Take care, Joyce. Um, And once again, that's healthisaninsidejob.com. And um, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we're going to take our next break. We'll be right back. Let's face it, getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we are talking about corporate wellness today and how to get you into optimal health. And in our next segment, we're going to be talking about how you can de-stress a little bit. Um, Our next guest is Mary Kramer. She's a registered nurse, author, speaker, and coach specializing in mind-body connection for healing, stress, and pain management. Mary, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you're here. Hi, Mary. Oh, hi. I am so excited to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me. Well, we're so excited to have you because this last segment is how to handle stress, and I don't think I know anybody that's really good at it. Um, and where do we go? To <laughs> a nurse. I mean, they're on the front lines, right? Right. Well, not only just a nurse, but a nurse that specializes in stress and mind-body-spirit connection. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. So, you know, Mary, when we're talking about a wellness program and, you know, within that, we're always looking at how to eliminate stress and and where do we begin and how does a program like that, how how can a program like that help us? It can just help with so many things. But first off, I think we have to identify what exactly is stress. Mm, that's anything good. That, anything that affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, because what affects you may not affect me, but what puts my pants on a wad really might not affect you. So I think it's our response to our environment and our thoughts and our emotions, and let's face it, some days we all deal with it better than others. You know, that's so true, and I, I, I really do like that definition because it is so different for everyone. Like, just for example, we were talking to Charlie's younger daughter, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't stress her out, where I would be completely stressed out in the environment that she's in right now at work. So when you're going to address stress how do you how do you start addressing that with with an individual you just because i think sometimes we can ask if they're stressed and everybody will say yes but i think it can be kind of difficult to pinpoint where exactly that's coming from 
Well, it's interesting. I think you're honoring and acknowledging that people are admitting that they have stress. Very few people, in all honesty, will say, you know what, Eva, I am really stressed today. (laughs) It's true. Serious. I was having classes when I lived in Texas, and I had this nurse call me up, and she goes, how dare you say I'm stressed? And I thought, number one, who are you? Number two, why are you calling me? And I don't even know who you are to say you're having stress. But I was offering a class for stress reduction for nurses for continuing education. So obviously she had stress, but she wasn't even aware she had it, right? So I well, think and- what you- – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is I think that what you were just bringing up is that a lot of times that stress manifests as anger because it seems like at work it's okay to be angry but not okay to show that you're stressed. Yeah, you know, I think what we have to look at is becoming aware, looking Mm. at each individual. I'll just, you know, I use myself as an example a lot. So if somebody would come to me or they're speaking to me and they're going, hey, this is going on, I'd say, well, okay, let's kind of look at this. First, I'd look to see if there's a really serious health hazard. Those things, I have to refer to a medical doctor or a um, psychologist, right? I only deal with so much. But if somebody has, like, let's say you're having a bunch of headaches, you've developed low back pain, well, number one, you could have had an injury, Or number two, energetically, you could be giving your power away to a person, a place, or a thing. That's how low back pain manifests itself. What if you're having feelings of increased anxiety? You're not sleeping well at night. Maybe somebody has a substance abuse problem. They they were doing well, then they go off the wagon. Maybe you have high blood pressure, obesity. Everything in our life starts with a thoughts. And then we go from there. So if I keep manifesting negative thoughts, negative thoughts, oh, I can't stand this person I'm working with. I can't stand where I live. I can't stand my driver out to work. They're not giving me away. You know, we can exhaust ourselves mentally. Our resilience can be reduced. We can develop. And I mean, I'm going to take it to the full extreme. First, we're stressed. Then we have an illness. If we don't correct it, it can go on to disease processes such as burnout, exhaustion, heart disease, stroke, diabetes. It all relates to stress. Um, So So true. What I heard before is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. You described stress as anything that kind of impacts us, basically, right? And everybody's different. I get all that. Um, but it's almost as if it's in the air. So if I'm breathing, I'm getting stressed somewhere. I may, I may fight it. I may not know it, but there's things that are impacting me that I should be aware of. And I almost think that stress is, should be part of every single person's, um, wellness program. I would think because stress reduction, stress reduction, yeah. like you said, a lot of people say, I don't have stress. So like that woman, I don't have stress, but everybody is getting it. No, what I liked is how dare you say I'm yeah. stressed. Yeah, I never really I looked at it like that. <laughs> I always kind of took that approach, right? That yeah, I, I'm OK. I can handle it. I'm not stressed, but it's the opposite, right? I'm just either hiding it, burying it or living with the pain as a result of the stress. Right. 
And for sure, for sure. And so when when you're so when you're talking to somebody about it, and you're looking at a at a program, or you're you know if you're you're conducting a workshop, where do you have where do you have people like what would be the first thing that somebody could start doing tomorrow to start help reduce that? You know, we can't get rid of it totally, but where do we start? I always like to start with breathing. I know we do it. I know we do it every single day to live and exist. However, if we breathe in a certain pattern, we can lower our heart rate and we can lower our blood pressure just by breathing. And because it happens naturally, we don't think about it. You know, we've been talking on the phone, but you probably weren't thinking about your breathing. However, now that I bring it up, you might be a little more conscious of it. It's like she's watching us, right? That's exactly what I'm doing. I love it. I love it. So um, thank you for playing along. But the thing is, is you want to breathe and you want to inhale through your nose. Hold it a few seconds. Exhale through your mouth. And if you breathe in your upper chest, it's stress breathing. Watch somebody as they're anxious. They shorten their words. They shorten their sentences. They're speaking faster. And they're not relaxed. When you breathe from your diaphragm, then you are breathing, you're doing conscious breathing. So literally just taking in several slow deep breaths, holding it for a few seconds and exhaling through your mouth, we, we regain control. We are slowing whatever's going down mentally in our environment. Now, is it going to cure everything? No. But what it does is it brings our awareness back to the moment. Because when we're stressed, we're doing one of two things. We're living in the past or we're going to the future. We can't be in those places and be in the present moment at the same time. You know, I I like how that you're making it seem fairly, fairly simple. Because I know a lot of times when people will talk about breathing, they'll talk about, oops, take a deep yoga breath or or there's all these different breathing techniques. But really, it's just about not doing that shallow chest breathing, which I know I I'm do that all the time. Well, like yesterday, you were saying, yelling at me, saying, breathe, breathe. And I said, I am freaking breathing, you know? So You have a little glimpse into our we, life yesterday. We have to learn about that. But so, Mary, is that something that we I commit to habit and make permanent? In other words, do should we be breathing like that? on a regular basis, or is that only for the crisis? Oh, gosh. No, you really want to be do abdominal breathing or diaphragmatic breathing all the time. It, it does several things. As I said, it helps to lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate, but it helps to keep you centered. The more centered we are within ourselves, the less the periphery bothers us. Or I say, you know, get my pants on a lot. It's easy to do. Let's say you need to make a sales call. Let's say you need to have a conversation since we're talking about corporate stress with your manager or with another coworker. Personally, I would take some deep breaths before I go have that conversation. I want myself as grounded as possible. I want my energy, I want my thoughts to be flowing like where my energy is going. I don't want to go in all scattered. But a the deep other- diaphragm breath, not a chest breath. Correct. And you can tell your breathing in your diaphragm. If you would put your 
hands, find the bottom of your ribs, and just wrap your thumbs and your index finger around them on the side. If your chest, your upper chest moves outward, that's chest breathing. If your elbows go out to the side, that's diaphragmatic or abdominal breathing. You want the deep breath. Think, pull down, pull down and big. I don't think I've ever had a diaphragm breath <laughs> in your whole life. <laughs> So well, you're saying you're stressed all the time, right, Charlie? No. <laughs> I think so. I think that's true. So and and <laughs> there is a trick to that, right? I mean, um, the one thing I remember years ago when I was actually when I was taking singing lessons it was to lay on your back, and then you can feel your stomach going up because oh, a lot of times. Great way. And well, and I'll catch myself going the opposite, like. Instead of my, when I'm breathing, you can, I can tell I'm doing it wrong because my stomach's actually going in when it should mm. be going out when I take a breath in. Yeah, this is important. Correct. No, it is. It's really important. I'm, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up and you're talking about it because you are making it easier than you hear a lot of people make it, but yet it is so important. And when you're talking about grounding, Am, am I correct in saying you're just really talking about being in that present moment? Like you said, you're not in the past. You're not in the future. You're just right here, right now, dealing with whatever is happening right in this moment. Correct. That, that's it. You want to be present. If we're giving away our energy to the past, our thoughts, or we're thinking about the future, how can we get through the present moment? I know this stuff sounds really, really simple. Some days, again, it is, and other days it's more challenging. It depends what's going on. Look at the uh, prescription use that's going up. Antidepressant, anti-anxiety, sleep aids, they're going through the roof. Why? People are stressed. Well, and the other thing that you see a lot of is you see um, a lot of alcohol use. I mean, maybe it's just me, but it seems like people are drinking more and more and more, and... So they'll say, well, I'm not on prescription drugs, but yet every night I'm coming home and having half a bottle of wine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, alcohol is a depressant. Right. Seems like yeah. we, we're symptom treaters. We're not root cause finders. Right. And just doing something that seems simple, but it does take a little bit of, of awareness, like breathing can make mm-hmm. such a difference because we're not taking in enough air. Yeah, and that's for everyone. That's not age specific. So that gives everyone hope. Right. Of right. course. Calm down. And, you know, and let's just give a little shout out to our athletes out there. You know, they can help to recover their breath faster if they do that breathing technique. I could do not. The other thing that will help recover their breath faster, and for those of us, or, or uh, this doesn't happen to me, but let's just say you get yourself in a real world dizzy and you start to hyperventilate. Put your thumb and your index finger together and make circles, and then that closes that breathing circuit and helps you to recover faster. So if you've winded yourself or if you're just ready to have a real hissy fit, helps to calm everything down right away. Wait, now let's say I again. Always, I was always told to punch the wall. <laughs> So now you're telling me make two little fingers and make circles. Wait, so when you're saying circles. so. I, so I, I haven't heard this before. So I, I'm glad that you're not punching the wall now, but that's a good thing. And so well, it's sure. finger, 
finger and thumb and and when you have that together because I know that that's also how you would do um, meditation you know to close that circle but then you're also saying then do that and then also make circles with your hands when you're doing that no you're just closing okay. the circuit so you put your thumb and your index finger in it together on the like on your right hand and then you could do it on your left hand and you're closing that circuit. You're closing the energy circuit. So you just have uh-huh. two, two little circles. That's important. It's really important. And it's easy so, because you can do it right under a conference room table. Yes, you can. Or you could do it while you're driving. Or you could do it when you're sitting there talking to your boss. And maybe you just want to strangle them a little bit, which I don't advocate. But you could just be having your fingers there and nobody's knowing what you're doing. And you're calming yourself down so you can be present, stay in the moment, so you can do and handle the conversation as you see fit. It's almost like the AOK sign. It is. It is the AOK it sign. Is. Yeah, that's no. Okay. That's, a, that's a sign for uh, scuba diving. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, this that's great. And then also doing some of that deep breathing because you don't have to do it loud. I mean, you just you're just taking a slow breath instead of a fast breath. And then Correct. putting your fingers closing the circuit on the energy. Oh, yeah, this is I really like good. This, this is uh, really good stuff. No, it's really it's good. Really yeah, we have to have Mary back to talk more about this because we're running out of time. And so in our in our last minute, we're gonna. So we've already discussed about closing the circuit and about breathing. Is there one other little tip that we can add? Like maybe watching your caffeine and food and all that? Oh, sure. There's a lot of things nutrition-wise. So I just want to make sure you hydrate yourself. Reduce your, um, uh, like, let's say you have respiratory problems. You want to reduce your mucus-inducing foods like um, um, dairy and yogurt. Um, mm-hmm. Eat what's good for you. If you know sugar is not good for you, everybody tolerates things differently, then just friggin' don't eat it. Um, Excellent. And pay attention to how you feel the next day if you do. Hmm. Mary, this was great. Thank you so much. I mean, these tips are perfect. We can start using them right when we hang up. It's very going to helpful. be great. It was very helpful. It was great to have you here. And again, this was Mary Kramer, and you can learn more about Mary at her website at marykramer.com, and that's going to be up on TalkZone as well. So, yes. Mary, thank you so much. We're so glad that you could join today. Well, thank you for having me. Take care. Have a great night. Everyone, this is Corporate Talk great with show, Charlie Sarah. and Eva. It was another great show. Have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the Talk Zone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free Talk Zone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at charlieandeva.com. Thanks again for listening.